you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome back. Today we're talking about how to create organization and flow in your morning and evening routine with your kids instead of it being a constant struggle buzz. Whenever I share this on Instagram, I get a flood of questions for you guys from you guys about how I did this, what to do, what is my routine, how did I train them? And I will say we are not perfect. Of course, people wake up on the wrong side of the bed, including me. Unexpected things will happen, kids will be sick, they wake up earlier than they should. Maybe you don't get the right amount of sleep, so you're a little bit on edge and you're a little bit dysregulated and not patient. Things happen, but when you invest the time and creating a routine, having some organization things in play, you alleviate the rushing in the morning. And the rushing is responsible for dysregulating us right from the morning. We can lose focus. We lose our patience. We're not able to be fully present and connect with ourselves and our kids. And we start our day, whether we have a meltdown or not, we start our day from a dysregulated, hyper restless energy. And that's not what we want. We want it to be sustained energy and small tasks like brushing our kids' teeth and making breakfast should not be stressing us out. And if it is, there's something that's going awry. You're expending way too much energy. And so for me, it's really my life purpose of trying to figure out how can I save my energy in the areas that don't need it so that I can conserve it and use it when those worst case scenarios happen, the meltdowns, the issues that happen at work or anything, right? All those unexpected things that happen that really need your time and energy to pivot, to be patient, to not have knee-jerk reactions. You have to conserve that energy and not waste it in small things like the morning routine. So let us talk about what I do, but I want to share that this is not to be like, you need to create a routine that looks exactly like mine. I want it to just be something that gives you ideas that sparks your own creativity of how you can implement and start looking at your own morning routine and create the own systems and shifts that you need so that it feels like it flows better for your family. So certainly you may use some of the tips that I use to create that that flow. Uh, But I definitely want to say that it is not a one size fits all. My journey is not perfect. It did not happen overnight. I will say Ayan is definitely my guinea pig. However, I have always been very committed to finding solutions. When something wasn't working, I tweaked the plan, I pre-plan, I learned the things that I could control in the morning versus what I can't control. And that is why I, you see what you see right now is because of the time, energy, um, and efficiency of really making it a priority. So that's the number one thing that I want you to realize that it's not just going to snap your fingers and just expect it to happen. Your kids should be able to do this. Um, and it's going to happen. You're going to have to invest some time and energy. And if you're willing to do that, let me just tell you, you will be greatly rewarded. So the first thing that you want to take an honest inventory of when you're trying to create your morning and evening routine is the energy that you are bringing in the morning and evening time. 
Are you tired? Are you rushed? Are you passing that energy onto your kids with the tone of voice that you use to remind them that they need to brush their teeth? Are you strict? Are you stern? What's your body language? Are you able to connect with them? Are you able to, um, if they have a meltdown or something goes awry, are you able to just bear those couple minutes to be able to slow them down? Or are you just trying to push past it because you're anxious that you're going to be late? They're going to be late. So you're just like moving through the motions, just trying to get it done. And you feel like you're having more knee-jerk reactions because you're in that survival, restless, stressed mode. That is super important. And that starts from how you wake up. How are you waking up? And take an inventory. Are you waking up and your eyes open? You're completely drained. And then you go on your phone and then you notice that you just wasted 25 minutes of your time and now you're going to be late and you jump out of bed and you are rushing through your morning routine, barely having time for yourself. And then you're going through the motions or are you awoken by your kids? And that means that you have no time to yourself. Is that really working for you? And taking an inventory. Are you waking up so tired that you can't wake up 20 minutes before your kids wake up? And then I always find that when you're woken up by your kids, then it's like from the moment you wake up, it's go, go, go. Because you're constantly um, in defensive mode. You're constantly trying to manage their stuff and then trickle in your self-care. In between that, it's just not a a gentle, um, relaxing start to the day. Are you waking up? and you're really drained and tired, um, and it's really hard to get moving. Your brain is foggy. Your body's foggy. There's no thoughts of like, you know, working out or stretching or anything. You're just going through the days and you're just so tired. You can't function without coffee or a stimulant. Or do you wake up energized? Like, do you wake up and you're not like startled by an alarm clock? Startled alarm clocks are actually horrendous. Like every iPhone alarm, you should not be waking up to that because it actually puts you in a heightened fight or flight state. Um, I use my Apollo Neuro because it sends gentle pulses. It is the best way of waking up because it's it's not taxing on your nervous system. You're not activating your survival mode. And many of you guys want to know what my morning routine is. This is more often than not, this is what happens. Some days, like I said, I wake up later, like summers and winters are completely different. Summers, I wake up at like 4.45 and I can do a workout in the morning. And in wintertime, I wake up around six o'clock and I do my breath work and some stretches right by my bedside. I can't really get going um, to do a workout workout in the morning. I do a workout a little bit later in the day. So you have to take an inventory about the season it is, your mood, your energy, uh, and what works for you. But there should be some sort of movement in the morning to get the energy flowing. I do some stretches while I'm laying in bed. I rotate my uh, ankles. I rotate my wrist. I stretch my arms out. And then I sit up and do breath work right in my bed for a minute or two based on if I'm feeling tired. There's a specific breath work I use to boost energy. Or if I'm feeling pretty open and relaxed, I'll do something to balance my energy completely out um, and really tune in and getting present and then I'll do some specific yoga stretches based on what I need and that's what I teach in my coaching sessions like based on where your energy is at you check in uh, if you need a boost if you need to slow down if you're feeling tired and lethargic how to move the energy the right way so that you can be activated and you're not doing in a way that's creating 
um, using a stimulus or uh, something that's a stimulant to create that false sense of energy or dialing it back down at the end of the night using social media or using um, TV to like slow yourself down and find relaxation. So you're finding healthy uh, self-care techniques to move your energy up and down, right? Because I talk a lot about energy management. So that's going to be the first thing to determine how you're going to be able to respond to the unexpected things that happen in the morning routine. Now, there's going to always be things that you control and you don't control. There's going to always be things that you can expect and the unexpected. And that is just the nature of life. So you want to focus more of your energy on the things you can control and the things that you can expect. Okay. Once you take an honest inventory of your energy, I talk a lot about regulation in the burnout series. Um, If you need more specialized help, reach out for me for coaching information. I'm not going to get too much into that. Next is really being honest of how much phone use you use in the morning. It is impossible to check in to your phone and then check into the present moment. It does take your brain a little bit of time to collaborate. You may not be aware of it. You're not conscious of it, but it does. Your brain can't shut on and off really quickly. And just think about your kids. You may think, oh, we have a more developed brain and so we can do it. No, not necessarily, right? We also have brains that still need to be developed even though they're bigger in size. I mean, for you're older in age, brains work the same way. Your child has to have a buffer time after screen time in order for them to regulate because their moods can shift. And so that's the same thing. We could get so drawn into something and get an emotional response because we were scrolling through Instagram and we don't even realize that it puts us on edge, we're irritated, or we feel bad about ourselves, Um, something can trigger us. And so you have to be very mindful of the energy that you are bringing into the morning routine. For me, I wake up the kids, so I want to make sure that I'm not open to any external outside influences because I want my myself to be calm. I want to be able to wake them up from a regulated state to be playful, to sing, to hug, and to have that moment of connection right in the morning, especially if they wake up on the wrong side of the bed, at least have me be able to be in a place where I can self-regulate and be able to co-regulate them. And I can't do that when I'm rushing. And if you find that you can't either, it's because it's just impossible to do that. So that requires us to wake up a little bit earlier than the kids. And so that is my number one thing for me. I need some moments to myself. Sometimes it's only 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. In the summertime, it's usually a little bit longer. It's just as long as you can be in control of your morning routine. So now you want to think about what are the things you can control and what are the things you can't control. Every task that we need to do that is not reliant on our partner, not reliant on our kids is something we can control. When you think about your morning routine, breakfast, uh, making lunches, backpacks, those are things that are responsibilities that are not going to change and they're consistent every single day to make the morning routine flow. So everything that you can control, you should be designing and pre-planning how to save energy. Doing too many tasks in the morning and leaving them for the morning, you're going to rush, you're going to multitask because what we don't control is sometimes your child will take an extra couple minutes to get out of bread. Maybe um, they're tired. Maybe you need to help them with a meltdown. These are things that you can't control. So the tasks that don't require your children are 
I like to pre-plan them and to take them out of my plate in the morning. So I make lunches the night before. My kids shower the night before. Um, if your children's shower in the morning, maybe um, their clothes are laid out that they're wearing um, the night before. The other thing is my kids, they take a shower at night. So they wear the clothes that they're going to wear um, to school the next day because it's usually like a shirt and sweatpants. They're not fancy dressers. So that works for us. And then really focusing on like lunches and breakfast, I create a breakfast schedule. So every single day of the week, it doesn't rotate. Um, it's Monday, this is for breakfast. Tuesday, this is for breakfast. I've shared that before. You could even do that for lunches also. Create a schedule. We don't realize it, but we're not thinking about it. That saves a lot of energy. If you're waiting in the morning, what am I going to put for lunch? Or what am I going to make for lunch? Or you're waiting for your kids to give you the go-ahead of this is what they want to eat for lunch. You're taking up a lot of energy. So sit down and create that breakfast and lunch schedule and get them involved. If your kids have a say in what they want to eat, then get them involved. But have that laid out, write it down, keep it in a public place so they're aware of it and don't deviate from it as much as possible because it'll keep your life organized and they know exactly what to expect. The next big thing that you can control is include at least 10 minutes of buffer time because sometimes your kids will dawdle. Sometimes it'll take them a harder, uh, it'll be harder for them to get up out of bed. Sometimes they will spill something on their clothes or they spill milk on the floor and it takes some time. So you don't want to feel rushed. If you're like me and you get anxious when you're late um, and you feel stressed and then you put it, push it out on your kids and you hurry them and then your tone gets really like, come on, let's go, hurry up. Then it's really important for you to include that buffer time. And what I mean is you're including a couple minutes for them to transition from one task to the next. You're creating a buffer time that you realize that if your child um, has a meltdown, then um, you can actually be present for them rather than push them through it. And many moms were like, how do you do the mindfulness in the morning? Uh, Chirag took a video of that and I shared it. You know, I don't have my phone with me in the morning routine because that distracts me and that saves a lot of time and then including buffer times if you have a flowing morning automatically you have now opened up a pocket of three to five minutes in your routine that you can incorporate mindfulness and i share you include it playfully you know there's a step-by-step way that i include it that i used in classrooms and i use for my kids so if you're interested in that take a look at the meditation for kids Masterclass course on my website it's an online program that's take it at your own pace but it literally just lays out the steps of what you need to do and how you teach them. I always get that question. It's not like a full-on course where you're watching like tons of videos. I'm just laying it out age by age, how you introduce mindful breathing, meditation, and yoga to kids. Another thing that you can control is training your children to know their morning and evening routine. And I've shared this so many times, but I use routine sheets. I started this with Ayan when he was three and a half, right before he um, was becoming a big brother. I realized that I needed him to learn to be a little bit more independent. And I wanted to create a routine and a schedule for him. And uh, what we had decided was that I was going to be taking care of Rehan, obviously, and Trag needed to help Ayan with his morning routine. And I always find that when it's like two parents, uh, you know, trying to help, um, it creates it creates an inconsistency and kids are like, no, I want mommy. No, I want daddy. And it just 
makes the flow that much more wonkier. So I created the the routine sheet. I trained him in it. I took the lead on that. And then Drug was really able to just implement and go with the flow after that. That's one of the biggest things that you have to do is be really clear communicate to your kids. You can start this with kids at age three. You create that sheet with the pictures on it, um, you know, so that they are aware. These are the steps. The first thing you do in the morning is you brush your teeth. You go potty. You change your clothes. You go downstairs for breakfast. You eat breakfast. You clean up and you do mindfulness and then you put your shoes and your coat on and you're out the door. You want to be very, very playful when you're teaching this. It's not going to be, let's go to the bathroom. It's like, do you want to jump to the bathroom? Do you want to hop to the bathroom? Do you, and sometimes it's just being creative. Like if they give resistance, don't get in a power struggle back. Like, oh, you really don't want to brush your teeth today. Oh my goodness. And then I'd be like, oh, let's see what kind of buggies are in your mouth. Like, or I will do like put the blippy song on some days or some days um, we'll brush the bear first. Like you have to be creative and find solutions. It's not just going to be like, okay, brush your teeth, go potty, um, you know, go into the breakfast table, sit down. Like you're going to have to make it fun and creative and it works. Invest the time. And at some point you won't even need the routine sheets for Ayan. Now he has a routine sheet, so he doesn't forget steps. He notoriously forgets lotion. So I will put post-its up to remind him like lotion because he gets distracted. He's almost, almost seven years old, but he knows his routine that when he gets out of his bedroom, he's not going downstairs in the playroom. He is going straight to the bathroom, gets ready, and then comes down to the breakfast table. So that's what you want. There should be like a map of where ideally they should be going. You want to eliminate all the places that are going to cause distraction. And that means that if toy rooms, they get lost in it, or if screen time, they're getting lost and it's hard for them to transition. These are the things that you need to cut out and nip in the bud. Uh, I had been told by a parent um, coach when Ayan was really little that if you don't want it to make, become a long-term pattern, do not indulge it. Do not allow it. Like you have to nip those things in the bud right away. And I made that mistake with Diana as far as like using screen time um, to make like food time go faster. And then it was hard to want, wean him off. And so I learned from that. I learned that, you know, no toys at the table. I see that that's distracting. We read books or we t- I tell stories or we use our Tony box. I shared that uh, where it sings um, songs and it's those stories. You can listen to podcasts. You can talk. I use in the morning the affirmation cards. We do feeling cards, um, mindfulness cards from Love Powered Little and the Calm Classroom. So those are the ways that I keep them engaged. What we'll find is that if you're like, I wish that we can have mindfulness time, it only takes three to five minutes to have mindfulness time. We do a movement, you can do an affirmation, and then you do a really short breathing. Even if it's three to five deep breaths, that is better than nothing. You're creating movement in their body and you're slowing them down. It is fun. It is playful. This is how we build that habit. And it doesn't have to be that long. That's the beauty of it. It's something that can be done. Like we only have an hour 
just like many of you from start to finish. So I wake up the kids, I go into their room around 6.40, 6.45, and they technically need to be out of their room by seven. So that's a buffer time for me to, you know, massage them, to sing to them, to gently wake them up out of their slumber and not be like, come on, let's go. Let's wake up in that rush state. So they have time to adjust. I get Rehan ready first, but he knows exactly. He goes to the bathroom. We do his brushing and his potty. If he does push back, it's like I find a playful way of him re-engaging. There's been only two times where he's cried that he didn't want to brush And that was really early on. Um, And the beauty is when you train the first child, the second one is so much easier to follow with the routine sheet because that's all they've really seen. But yeah, it's only two times that I remember like really like having to force him to brush because he didn't want to. Um, But the other times, even if he's like, no, mommy, I don't need to brush. I won't engage with him. And I don't take it like, no, you have to brush. Be like, find a solution of a way that keeps him engaged. And now it's just like, now that he's older, he doesn't really fight it at all. Um, He knows what's expected. And it actually, I think it's really good for them because there's no, there's no deviation. And I keep this routine seven days a week, even on weekends, because then it doesn't break that pattern of consistency. And the other really, really important thing is, is that Anytime something is not working, rather than just getting frustrated, the solution seeker in you should be like, okay, this is not working. This part of this routine is not working. What can I do to make it flow easier? Um, What am I not missing? Is there a different way to arrange this? Like I had a mom who messaged me and was like, you know, what do I do when my child doesn't eat? And like when I use timers and then um, he doesn't want to go to school. So it's like impossible to put him in the car and he doesn't eat his breakfast. And it's like, it's like a meltdown. And I'm like, well, you've seen a pattern there. That is like really, really important information that on the days that he doesn't want to go to school, he's going to freak out when the timer goes out. He's not going to eat and it's going to, you're going to be stressed out because the sound and the noise is going to dysregulate you and you're bracing for it because it's happened enough when the pattern happens enough, we don't realize, but we're bracing for it. So we are bringing in energy of resistance. We're already stressed before it happens because it reminds us of the very similar situation that happened before where we've lost it or we felt impatient. So we, I, I gave her the, the suggestion. I was like, first, you got to figure out on those days of a really fast breakfast. It's a morning that you realize he's like, I don't want to go to school. Okay. Well, the buffer time needs to be included, right? You're waking them up a little bit earlier. You're aware of it. And then what you want to do is that you want to make sure that you're giving some time to connect with him because obviously there's some sort of need of like wanting to be heard, to be felt, to be given that space to let his emotions out. So give a really quick breakfast on those days, like a smoothie or something that is going to be sustainable, but it's not like a full on breakfast. One thing you could experiment is like not putting a timer on those days or using a timer and then using it like if you put 20 minutes for breakfast, only give 10 minutes for breakfast and say, we're going to, I really see that you want to have some time with mommy. We're going to read a book together, you know? And if he cries when the timer goes off, you have that time to be there and let him ride the feeling like, and have that moment of connection um, before you actually have to go into the car and don't feel rushed and race. So that's my idea of like pivoting and finding solutions. These are all opportunities of doing something different and maybe like, 
we're going to do a dance party. Like find out what they like. Do you want to read a book? Do you want to play with cars? Um, you know, on those days that they don't want to go to school and yeah, I mean, it's like just figuring it out. It's like being a MacGyver mom. I can't give you the solutions because in the moment, it's you. It's you being really tuned in to what they like, what they will res- resonate with, and using the feedback of how they feel, how they respond. That's all on you. So another really important tip is evening routines, which can vary for older kids. So for Ayan, he has different activities in the evening. Um, so I teach him about time blocks. Like you have an hour time block. And in that hour time block, you have to take a shower, you have to do your piano and eat dinner, for example. And it takes you 10 minutes for piano, it takes you 15 minutes for your shower, and it takes you 20 minutes for dinner. Is that going to work? And we need to at least always have five minutes of buffer time to transition and to get our shoes and socks on. And so we've gone through every single day of like when he has homework, when he has activities and creating time blocks and to help him learn time management. He's not perfect at it, but he knows like, okay, I have an hour time block and he knows what that feels like and what he can accomplish in that hour. He can do homework in a shower and maybe a snack. Um, He can't do all three of like shower, dinner, and piano. That doesn't work for him. By, based on like how much time it takes from going from one task to the next. So that's really important. And I just create to-do lists for him on the days that something changes and it varies from the traditional evening routine schedule. But generally it's always you come home, you take a shower, and then he starts his routine. Same with Rehan. He comes home, takes a shower. Um, he'll have some playtime. And then I will give him dinner early. I used to let him watch a show before dinner while I'm making dinner. But now I just, it was hard to then transition to dinner. So I realized you can earn a show after, one show after you eat dinner. But he just plays with his toys before, or he helps me make dinner. Um, and that works better. Uh, the last thing I want to address is getting your partner on board. It is much better to have one parent take the lead when teaching because like I mentioned, then they're going to want to bounce back from, I want mommy, I want daddy. One person take the lead and then you have your partner follow along once they're trained. Like I take care of the morning routine. I wake them up, I get them ready, I do the breakfast Trag is nowhere to be seen. And that works for us. Why? Because when he's involved, he's not as meticulous as me. So actually he stresses me out more than the kids do. He's not able to, you know, stay consistent. He now knows the routine of like the first couple things that need to be done. So he can be consistent now. But in the beginning, when they were still learning it, especially Ayan, I kept him out of it, out of the loop. The other thing is that I have him help with behind the scenes stuff. He some days helps me with lunch. He'll wash the dishes. He will um, sometimes take the kids to school, pack up their backpacks so I can do that mindfulness. With Sahana in the mix now too, he will get her, get her up, change her diaper, give her a massage, um, you know, give her milk while we're doing the mindfulness so that he takes that responsibility off. If he's not there, I will obviously, um, some days, depending on what time Sahana wakes up, we might not be able to do mindfulness or she joins us. So it's like I said, we pivot every single day, but when he's around, he'll take care of like back end stuff and that works for us. And so I know for some parents like, oh, I wish they would just take the lead. Um, but if you want it to flow, sometimes it's just better of like that one parent, um, who does it. And I find that that really works for our family, um, but you can see what works for you. 
because it could be different for your family schedule and your needs. So I really hope this serves you well. If you need more additional tips or strategies, or you're just stuck in your routine, reach out to me for a mindful parenting coaching call. I help moms do this all the time. I'd be happy to give you another uh, viewpoint on what your schedule is, what's not working, and to create a routine that is going to work for you and your kids. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. If it was, definitely share it with your mama besties, share it on Instagram, and tag me. All right, guys, have a good one. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalbpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Target, IndieBound, BAM. And you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.